This is a show about content marketing for established, sophisticated online businesses. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation, how to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience between launches, and get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends. We are continuing on with our All the Feels series, and we're going to be talking about injecting personality into the content and copy that you are creating for your online business. Why are we talking about this in the All the Feels series? Well, as you're about to hear in our interview, there is a lot of feelings. There are all these things that come up when we talk about really showing you your authentic view, building your own voice, what even is a brand voice, right? These are all things that we're gonna cover in this interview with Elia Finkelstein. Elia and our business partner, Chrissy, are data-driven growth consultants who support their clients through Rebellion, their hybrid program and resource hub that helps innovative entrepreneurs autonomously scale. She comes with almost 15 years of experience in marketing and a specialty in messaging, positioning, and conversion copywriting where she supported clients in making millions while communicating their genius with clarity and personality. And personality is what we're talking about the most here, so let's hop right on into the interview so you can start ingesting the gold that Elia drops. All right, Elia, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I love talking about all this kind of stuff with you, so that's obviously always going to help. Obviously. In addition to all that, we're fans of a lot of the same things. So I feel like we always have, you know, good thought-provoking conversations. And I'm really eager to share that with the audience. Uh, Yeah, I feel like we're like two peas in a pod, like same person, but on different sides of the United States. (laughs) Well, that that seems to be the case with me and everybody on the show. (laughs) Great. Awesome. That's why it works so well. (laughs) I know. It's good. Well. I don't know that everyone is a pea in the pod with me, but they're all on the opposite side of the country, put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, let's do it. Let's dive into using your voice and finding your voice and being confident with showing up with your voice and all of that fun stuff. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So how do you do it? (laughs) Isn't that the question of the hour? (laughs) You know, I wish that I really had an easy answer for this. Like I keep like thinking this through and being like, yeah, here's the steps to just being really confident and thinking in my life, like my own journey, thinking back of like, this is when it all changed for me. And I just don't think that's the case. I just don't think that's the case. I think it's a process. I think finding your voice is a process. But when I look back and I realize like it was not easy and confident, it was not always so easy. And I did not always feel so confident uh, bringing my voice to our brand at all. Like this has been a journey for me, but when I look back, I, I remember feeling frustrated that I felt like I didn't have anything to say in the online world. And I remember getting to a point where I felt like, oh my gosh, it's a sea of sameness and I'm just blending in with all of it. And when I think about that, I'm like, that was probably a turning point for me of where I was like, okay. Gonna have to step it up a little bit. (laughs) Gonna have to ramp it up a little bit. I think at least like a tiny bit, a tiny bit. And I think like, and what I've learned, I was thinking about this this afternoon, what I've learned since then is so when I, back then I was like 
really I, I got I got to this period where I couldn't say anything I just was like stifled and I couldn't say anything I didn't it wasn't just that I didn't have a great voice I had no voice at all like I had none I didn't know what I was going to say I would sit in front of my computer and think I would create some kind of content do something and then like nothing would happen absolutely nothing would happen and now that I'm on this side of it I realize that the barrier to and we make the barrier to entry of having a strong voice and personality in our copy and our content a lot higher than it actually is. Yeah. I think it's this idea that you have to have something that impresses you before you can actually say anything at all. Correct. I mean, it's like a self-unfulfilling prophecy. I don't, that's probably not a phrase, but like, how can you get to something that impresses your own self ever? Because like, there's this journey that you have to go on to start learning cool things and doing cool things up-leveling your skill, working with people, like that takes time. And I don't know about you, but there is no point of my almost 20 year long entrepreneurial journey where I have been like, yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I've arrived. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) It would be nice. (laughs) Or like you have a half a moment, right? Every now and then you get a great win and you're like, is this it? And then immediately something happens. You're like, oh no, just kidding. Uh There's more. And I think with like your... The thing for me was I looked around and I saw these people that I loved how much voice and personality that they brought to their content. And I was just like, that was my, that was my gold standard. And I felt like I needed to make that happen in one fell swoop. And that is when I think about how it actually happened, I'm like, oh no, it's like so much easier. It's like, it's like anything else, like a brand, when you look at, when you put it in a silo and you look at a brand in terms of like, it's colors, right? There's like five colors or whatever that they have on their brand palette. Well, the entirety of that brand is all those colors put together. It's not like just one of those colors, but it started with like one piece. Like it started with one color and then you add another and that's what makes it better. And you add another and that's what makes it better. And I thought I had to have like everything, all the colors sorted out first. And then I realized I only needed to do one thing like I had to add one piece of personality or one interesting piece of voice or one little piece of the puzzle and that put me ahead of everybody else who was still using no color like that was the only thing I had to do and all of a sudden I was like oh wait a minute like I don't have to be as good as those people who I I'm aspiring to who have amazing voice and personality because they've stacked all of this personality stuff I only need like one of them first And now I've got like three or four or five. So I love that analogy. I'm fairly into painting and you know, you're, you get color. (laughs) I get color. Right. So, but I I saw this reel on Instagram a couple nights ago when I was doing my aimless scrolling in my art Instagram account, which for the record, I find very relaxing. It's not like if I do aimless scrolling in my business account, which tends to be stressful. I love just looking at other people do art. It's I find it so enjoyable and so inspiring. And anyway, all that said, I found it was an ad, I think, actually. And it was an art supplier, like a Blick or, you know, like a Michaels or whatever. And they were demoing one of their colors. It was a particular shade of gray. And they were saying, this is how you get a cohesive color palette. And they slapped down five splotches of this exact same shade of gray. And then they went and added in five brighter, different tones. You know, they had all like the fancy, you know, 
paint names like phthalamine and things like that. But one of them was like a yellow, one of them was a bold violet, one of them was a blue. And then they mixed it with that gray and they showed all five at the end of the video, you know, in line, much like a brand, you know, card would be. And it was such a beautiful palette. And I was like, I would decorate my entire house in those five colors now because they went together. They flowed nicely. Right. And they all started with that one shade. Yeah, that's a much better analogy than the one I. <laughs> that's way no, no, better. no, no. Because no, it just layers on top of it. <laughs> but that's but that's what I mean. Like, no, it really is a much better analogy. Like, like I thought I had to have the whole palette figured out before I had anything to before I could open my mouth. I thought the whole palette had to be completely done and beautiful and stunning and different and new and unique and vibrant and memorable before it was worth me going to the canvas. Right? I thought that had to happen first. And that is not the way it happens. You start with the gray. You start with the one simple gray. And for me, it was, I started with just knowing that I had ideas. I had things to say. Like, regardless of how well I said them, regardless of how colorful they were, if they were even memorable, it was like, I just have stuff to say. And in a world of, in that sea of sameness, I have some different things to say. I have some contrarian opinions. I don't believe everything every everybody else is saying. And I just started with that as like my base. And over time, I figured out what each of those additional kind of like colors were that I could add to this base to create the full palette. And now I hope, hopefully people come to our brand and it is really memorable and it is a full palette full of personality and voice and everything we bring to the table, but it did not start that way. And it was me recognizing that I didn't have to have the whole palette, that I could start with that grace bay of what I wanted to say, that base gray of what I wanted to say, and work on trying to understand how to just keep adding a little color every time I went back to the canvas. This is this analogy is getting really out of control, Brittany, but we're going <laughs> to <laughs> How to just keep adding a little bit more until I really had this something that is much more vibrant. And that like that changed everything for me. Because again, it lowered that barrier of entry into me feeling like I had to show up as perfectly as some as like you do on a get a canvas. Like I, that's not going to happen for me. Right. So yeah, I, that lowered that barrier hugely. Okay. You moved past this barrier. You you realized I have something to say and it's at least a little bit different than other people. You started talking out there. You started getting, I assume, some reactions, some feedback of some sort. What was the moment where you were like, I have something to say, I'm saying it, oh, and people are listening? You know, I think it probably was the very first time I wrote a blog post, like maybe four plus years ago. In fact, I don't even know if it even lives out there on the ether anywhere. Like, I don't even know. It was a long time ago. And it was when I was purely copywriting. The copywriting was everything that I was doing. And I wrote and I wrote a blog post specifically about how I didn't believe that pain points were the only way you could write copy. I was like, do they have a place in your copywriting? Sure. Do they need to be something that you uh, manipulate and twist and turn? No, I don't think so. And I wrote this blog post about how you could use pain as an identifier instead of as a manipulator. And I had one friend who read the blog post that wasn't my mom. <laughs> and she, to this day, she gave me the best feedback on it. She was like, I've been looking for someone to say that I don't have to use pain all the time. I just needed someone to tell me that that was okay. And that was like a big, strong stance that I took. And 
to this day, she still references that. I'm still really good for close friends with her. She still will reference it and be like, that changed so much for me because you took a really clear stance on something. And it was probably the first time that I sat down to write something where it wasn't just an opinion, but it did actually, it was pretty close to the heart for me. So it had a lot more of my voice and my personality in it. And I wrote it for me. I didn't write it for anyone else. I wrote it because I needed to say it. And I was sick of saying it over and over and over again. And I think we live in a world where people keep telling us like, don't go seeking external validation. But half of marketing and copywriting and messaging is external validation or not. Like that, that feedback is incredibly important to tell us we're on the right path. So I think that was kind of the very first time. And then when I got partnered with Chrissy, who's my business partner, who, you know, um, in Data Driven Rebel, the first real piece of copy that I went balls to the wall with, just wild with personality and voice was our sales page for Rebellion, which is our group membership. And you probably don't even know this. She (laughs) screenshotted something that you messaged her That was like, I love this sales page. Like, it's so, I don't remember what you said. You said something to her and she sent it to me. And I was like, oh, I can actually go this like balls to the wall on something. And people, the right people appreciate it and see it. Cause I just have so much respect for you. And I was like, wait a minute. So we can actually keep going on this train of that branded language, because that was probably the strongest piece of branded, like, language that was full of personality that I had ever done up until that point. And that was maybe a year and a half, year and a few months ago. I did not know that first of all. So I feel oddly important right now. I I don't know what to say. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. I respond really well to great, you know what I mean? Like great things out there. When I see something that is unique in the sea of sameness that we all kind of live in, right? Uh, It's, it's going to take notice. And that that notice doesn't always mean I'm going to like it. You know, I actually, I think, I think the episode will end up being a few episodes after, after this episode. So I'm teasing here without trying to, but I have an episode coming out where I actually talk about reading a sales page that by all intents and purposes, I should have loved the one liner in an email that led me to that sales page had me saying, yes, sign me up. I'll find the money. And then I got to the sales page and I was like, meh, uninterested. Wow. I know, right? Like, I think it lacked the personality that you and I are talking about here. I think it lacked the willing to go there-ness, if we want to make that a whole new word phrase. And ultimately, it was a failure of a sales page to me. Now, maybe Mm -hmm. that's fine. Maybe I was not the intended recipient. And in the end, maybe that one liner in the email was, you know, pulling me in, but the rest of it filtered me out. And that's okay, right? But I like anyone who's willing to go there. And that's why, you know, I wanted you on the show, obviously, because I wanted to talk about <laughs> but how to do that. Because I think a lot of us get in our heads, right? We get in our heads and say, no, I can't say that. That's not professional. And that's one aspect. Or I can't say that so-and-so is going to judge me, even if it's not like an issue of being professional or not. Uh, or where we think, you know, I can't say that. Who Who am I to dare to say something like that? And there's all of these feelings that get in the way, but you did it and you've had, as far as I know, pretty good results, not just with that sales page, but plenty of other things along the way. Yeah. Yeah. You make such a good point. And 
you know, I'm not going to stand here and pretend to say that, like, I just figured it all out. Listen, my therapist makes good money to help me figure some of this shit out. <laughs> like, like, you know, there is because there is a whole piece of it that has to be you being okay with those kinds of things. There is a whole piece of it that for me was the work. And I'm not going to lie and say it was just easy and it just came not like so naturally. You know, it was work. It took time. But I really did just start at what is kind of the the minimum viable piece that I can put in here. What is the smallest piece of personality? What is the smallest side note or quip or witty, sarcastic, you know, remark that I can put in here? And then it took time to stretch and turn the volume up on that. It took practice of doing it over and over again and being validated you know, to, to feel more comfortable, to get to the place where I just felt like that sales page was, I was comfortable enough to get ballsy. And I got to a place. And I think a lot of people get to this place where like, you recognize that you have something of value to say, but it keeps getting lost because you're saying it in the same way everybody else is saying it. And at some point that what you have to say mattering has to be stronger of a pull so that you do stand out than what people might think. And I recognized that if I wanted, if we wanted to attract the people like you, if we wanted that kind of high vibe, intelligent, accomplished individual (laughs) in our program, we had to, we had to come out in this way to get seen and to get noticed And I didn't want to do it in a way that was disingenuous to our values or disingenuous to what we believe in or disingenuous to who I was. But thankfully, we spent that time to really establish that piece. The identity of who we are is already there. It was just a matter of taking those, again, those three or four components that make uh, Chrissy and I unique in, in our personality and how we talk and how we interact and turning the volume up on them to like 10 we might have even turned it up to 50. Like we really turned the volume up as as high as we could because it was more important to me to get the result I wanted that copy to get than to worry about who it was not going to attract or who it was going to push away or who it was going to, um, because I didn't want it to just pass people by. I wanted people just like you to stop and be like, damn, hold on a minute. Like this is different. This is new. I want to know what this is about. That mattered more. That just mattered more to me. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I feel like the same in content. Like when I've worked with clients and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. It always makes me pause. And I'm like, I can't care about it more than they do. They have to 100%. care. And I think we've heard about that. You know, we've heard about that in terms of mental health. We've heard about that more in having our kids do sports. I mean, we've heard about it and like all the things, right? Like I can't care more than you do. You have to put something of yourself into this. And I think you just really succinctly hit that nail on the head there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And again, switch... it's not like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. You, I was going to say again, again, it's not like I have to go there. You have to go there first time out of the gate. Like I get it. Everybody needs to stretch, but it's like, make that part of the process that you're going to, that you are going to care enough to stretch enough to find those like little 
little fragments, little pieces that you want to turn up to 10 or 11. Like that's the, that's the process. Again, when I say like barrier to entry, it's not like you have to like figure it all out the first time you get out, out the door. It's like, but you have to be willing to care enough. Yeah. To, to stand out or you risk the, I mean, the risk is that you just drown in the sea of sameness. And you know what, if that's your choice, that's your choice. But most people, I think, give a shit enough, have enough of that, that they don't want that. That's what they're trying desperately to avoid. So then you have to stretch the other way. Yeah. I'm not going to comment there because you 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 wrap that up. I want to switch gears just a little bit because I do want to talk about AI with you. And yeah. the reason I want to talk about it with you is because I started seeing all these things happen. I'm still kind of in the photography world from like, you know, my almost 10 years ago now previous career. And they're up in arms, you know, the AI image generators. I'm obviously in the copy world along with you, the content world. People are up in their arms about things. And I don't know that I would call myself an early adopter as like a personality type, but I saw the potential in a lot of things and I got excited, but I didn't know how, right? And I've seen you give a lot of really good instruction on how to use AI, but not lose yourself in the process. And before I ask you about that, I've gone on record. I've gone on record on this podcast already about talking about this race to the bottom. You know, if we're all using the same AI SEO tool, then the score that you're trying to beat at 78 needs to be 82 next month. And then the next month it needs to be 85 and then so on. And like eventually everyone's copy is going to be so SEO good or whatever that it's not going to rank. And if that's your only goal, good luck. I mean, mm -hmm you enjoy that. But I think that is the conversation for people who are not still injecting themselves into the content, into the copy, into the images, into whatever we are talking about in this, in this way. So I'd love to hear your general thoughts and then, um, and then I'll kind of circle back and reference my favorite thing that you've taught me. My thought on this is, is it going to change things? Absolutely. Early it's kind of what I'm seeing early on is, listen, I can tell you what's written by AI now. I can see it. I can totally, totally see it. And what it is, is so there's one way to look at it, which is it's going to make everybody, it's going to make everything more difficult. That's kind of one way to look at it, right? The other way to look at it is all we've done is sort of got a baseline for sea of sameness. So again, you're ability to ramp up your personality is only in my opinion going to be more effective because right now I can tell what's written by AI. I go scrolling Facebook and I'm like, that was AI. That was AI. <laughs> I can see it. So it's how you choose to use the tool because it's a tool, not a complete solution for an end result. It's simply a tool. And I know that when it came out, there was a lot of concern about that it was going to completely erode creativity. This is the end of creativity for humanity. Um, and you and I both love Adam Grant. So of course he's going to show up in this podcast. Why would he not? <laughs> but there was a great, one of the first episodes he did on chat GPT and he was really concerned. Is this going to be the end of authors? And I had been thinking about this a lot and, and he's someone in that podcast. I wish I can remember, but details are not my thing. Um, I don't remember them. Someone basically in the podcast said something along the lines of, and I have certainly adopted this, that I don't believe that AI is going to become 
the ceiling for creativity. I believe it's going to become the new floor because as humans, we can take what AI has created and think and create in new ways. So for me, creatively, I have a max of output, even in my copy that I can do in a single setting, right? In a single sitting, maybe, and and certainly even in my lifetime, there's a max of what I can do. So you're going to get on my best day, something real great. And on my worst day, it's going to be like that sales page you read. That's like, Meh. no, you know, it's not going to be great. When I use something like chat GPT or other AI tools, what it does is it takes that ceiling away for me. There no longer is a ceiling. And so it allows me to take my creativity to a completely different level. And if you're using it in that way as a tool to, to enhance your voice, enhance your personality and enhance the way you deliver that information. I think it's only a tool for better that can help you stand out from that sea of sameness faster. Again, another way to reduce that barrier to entry. If you use it as a crutch or a replacement for your creativity, you are only going to end up in that now larger and almost more identifiable sea of sameness that we're seeing. So I think sort of big picture, that's how I see it, how I look at it. But now I really want to know what the thing is that I've taught you. Yeah. Uh, well, you've taught me several things. So everyone, if you want to learn cool stuff, like go find Elia. <laughs> There's oh, links thanks. in the show notes. We'll do that. But the thing that I would say hit a really good light bulb moment in my head was when you said, go plug in one of your favorite pieces of writing, or maybe even your least favorite, because that's as equally instructional, right? But go plug it into chat GPT and ask chat GPT to analyze it for your tone. And then ask mm-hmm. it to say what celebrities have a similar tone. And I have done that. And I've gotten different answers at, from different pieces of writing, which is also really good to know, right? But my favorite one was um, when it said, I write a lot like Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I was like, he's freaking brilliant. So I will take that. Thank you. I don't think that... I'm brilliant. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Um, It said I was writing like Neil deGrasse Tyson in a way that takes complex topics and breaks them down into bite-sized learnable pieces in a calm and respectful and sometimes sarcastic manner. And I'm very much paraphrasing the answer I got back here. And I was like, I love that description of what I do because I really think that is a good superpower of mine. And then I was like, well, that's cool. But I do like being sarcastic and I don't actually consider him to be all that sarcastic unless you really look for the dry wit. Right. And I, I didn't want mine to be quite so hidden. I was like, well, how can I, you know, judge this up? How can I do this? And I started thinking about, you know, some of the comedians I like, and, um, you know, I love of all the late night hosts, um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is probably like my favorite in terms of tone. And in in terms of like other like, you know, comedian type TV writers, like I've always loved Mindy Kaling. And I was like, well, how can I combine those? Right. So I started looking at all of these people's works, started reading through all of them. And I'm like, okay, so this person phrases things more like this. This person has asides or quips that look like that. And I started more naturally writing in those ways by saying, I identify this and I want to do this. And it's not AI doing it for me, although I do ask for help sometimes. I'll fully admit it. And thank you, because that right there was your tip. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad it was helpful. You know, I was going to ask you after you you said Neil deGrasse Tyson, I was going to say, I was going to ask you 
How did that make you feel about the next piece of content that you wrote, having that validation that you write in that level of ability? Like, how did that change things for you? You know, it it gave me a new bar to rise up against, right? Like, you know, you're, you're having a ca- casual conversation and someone's like, oh, well, that's better than this. And you're like, well, that was a really low bar. I felt the opposite. I, the next thing I created, I was like, wait, did I do that? That thing I was so chuffed up about, did I do that? Did I take a complex topic and break it down so it's easy to understand? And I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh, I could definitely have done that a little bit better. And I went and polished it a little bit more. Yeah. And that validation, right? To put in a piece of something that you've done and have it come back and be like, you write at this level or you explain topics at this level. You then go into the next piece with with more confidence. Again, we've changed the ceiling. The ceiling is no longer the ceiling. It's the floor. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not like, am I as good as that person anymore? It's like, oh, I can actually write at a level similar to that person. So now how can I keep raising the bar? How can I keep hitting for higher? Like, I love that. I think that's such a great, um, yeah, that's just like, that's so great. I love that. And then I love And this is, so this is part of what I do in our brand and probably how you, you know, I don't remember what I specifically said, but yeah, I, when I was talking to you about this, but this is part of what I do is I know who some of our celebrity kind of archetypes or whatever are in terms of their language patterns. I know who they are. I'm very clear on who they are. For us, we have three major ones. So it's Lizzo, who's incredibly inspirational and motivational, who I love and adore anyways. Kate McKinnon, who is just freaking hilarious. Um, You know, SNL comedian. I love her. I think she's so funny. And really on the verge of being like sometimes really actually inappropriate like that that's us <laughs> sometimes we're kind of inappropriate we say things all the time where i'm like oh my gosh did that just come out of our mouths so her and and deadpool because there's something that deadpool does that i love that i have been doing but again when when i put it into chat gpt and said analyze it and give me back these celebrities and i got deadpool as one of them And I said, why Deadpool? I recognized what that one little piece, that one little color was that then I could add more into my palette, which is Deadpool breaks the fourth wall. And that is something that I do in copy all the time. It's like I'm constantly doing these like side quips. They're usually inappropriate, (laughs) like, you know, little sarcasm on the side or little like side comment or a little witty remark about something. That was part of what I love about Deadpool. That's part of what I wanted in our copy. And so I took these, again, these like little pieces from all these people and you put them together and you just need a good idea, like a tiny little piece of Deadpool with that, you know, witty remark, tiny little piece of Kate McKinnon with something that's just on the line of inappropriate. And the two of those together just makes like a magical, it's like magic. And then Lizzo, that little piece of inspiration and motivation and making people feel good. I've got a color, like I've got my full palette. I don't need to do 8 million more things. And if I just stick with those, I think that's what makes us really like memorable. And so, yeah, that's, that's the thing is to take your writing and go uh, into chat GPT and say, you know, analyze this language and, and what kind which celebrities is, does it match? Who does it match? And the other one is if you're not sure, you know, if you're struggling to find the, that color palette, Sometimes it just helps to also say, you know, I um, tell me a celebrity who is known for witty, sarcastic remarks, um, kind of quips on the side, but is also inspirational and motivational. 
and get that first and then go back you know, in the same thread, say, okay, great. Now tell me the language patterns of that celebrity. What are they known for in terms of how they either execute their comedy or whatever it might be to give you some of those really, really clear parameters around how to add uh, that personality into your copy. It works both ways. It works really well. I love that because most people would not put Deadpool and Lizzo in the same right <laughs> just for the right. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's funny because like you can say that and I, I can look at things I've read from you guys and I a hundred percent like get it. I'm like, yeah, that fits. Whereas if I were to take, you know, an email I wrote like for my podcast for the list and say, you know, I'm going to write it like Deadpool, it would come across so abundantly inauthentic. Right. Cause that is correct. I would, I mean, I love the movies. I, Ryan Reynolds is a freaking genius man. You know, yeah. Yeah. I can't be that. Like I'm never, never there, never going to be there. And that's like, not just okay it's it's good we need different kinds of people and we need different kinds of voices out there yeah absolutely and you know like I say it's like you start with where you feel comfortable you know when I started with breaking that fourth wall and copy I didn't even recognize it was something that I did I didn't know I just something that I did sort of maybe once in an email maybe once every now and then you recognize those things and it's again it's about turning up the volume on those pieces um, and it's going to be different for everybody. And there are times when I'm like, mm, probably Deadpool right now is not the best choice, <laughs> you know? So maybe he doesn't make, you know, that part of, doesn't make an appearance in every single piece of copy that we write. But it's about knowing what those specific pieces are that make you, you first. Again, understanding the identity, understanding the opinion, understanding what you believe in, and then being comfortable enough to explore a couple of those pieces that make you unique in your voice, in your personality. And then we stretch them. Then you turn the volume up on them. Then you get more geeky and talk about planets and galaxies. You know, I don't know, I'm just saying, you know, like <laughs> all that jazz, you know, then you start doing whatever. But, and the other piece that I'll say is like, if I went to chat GPT right now, and I can tell you, cause I use Deadpool all the time and I ask it to write me something in Deadpool's voice, I guarantee you it's going to talk about chimichangas and tacos at least once. That has nothing to do with my brand. It has no place in my brand, but it will spit out stuff that's hilarious also that I'll take with and run. So it's about understanding those components, but AI will never replace how you implement them. It should never replace how you implement them. It should never replace how you stretch them to fit what you need them to. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's where the magic really lives for me. I think that's a really great place to kind of close this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this has been amazing. I can't wait to hear the, the feedback that we get on this episode. Uh, I'll have links for you, for Rebellion, all of that fun stuff in the show notes. Anything else you want to leave us with? Don't be afraid of AI. And don't be, don't be afraid to use it as a tool to help you become more creative in your voice. It is not a, a tool that can that has to constrict you. It can be a tool that becomes the new floor. It can be a tool that expands you. That's the big thing right now is how can you do that? Love it. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for making the time for all of us. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you so much, Elia. I really appreciate. And I know I kind of threw you under the bus there saying how long it took you to get on the podcast, but I think it worked out. This was a fantastic conversation. You guys already heard in the interview, I'm a member of their their rebellion community. I truly 
enjoy it. It is one of the best parts of my week, and it's a place I know I can go to for real advice on marketing specific things, as well as sometimes life. Did our call earlier today happen to talk about gluten-free foods I can feed my child? Yes. Yes, it did. Things happen. We're real people, and our real people lives inform our business. And that's one of the things I love about this conversation as a whole. Yes, you are a marketer. Yes, you are in business and you use marketing as a thing to grow your business. But you're a real person and everything you do needs to support each other and weave through really easily so you can continue doing the great work that you do. With that, I will see you guys next week. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.